Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast, episode 26. You are listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with Dr. Abby Metcalf. Change your relationship even if your partner won't do a thing. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Relationships Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Abby Metcalf. So glad you're here today. I hope everyone's had a great week, uh, that you've been listening to the podcast and getting a lot out of it. Today is all about relationship goals. And what I say is the truth about setting relationship goals. Because So today you're going to learn uh, all about them. If you've never tried to make them before, you'll learn today why you should. And if you've made them before, but they didn't work or they didn't hold or you didn't stick to them long term, today you're going to learn why, why it didn't work. And I'm going to discuss the six biggest mistakes people make when they set relationship goals and how to avoid them. So you'll learn why they're important and you'll learn what mistakes not to make. That's that's what I'm going to uh, hit on today. And you'll finally be able to make some relationship goal relationship goals that stick for the long term. That's what we're trying to do, right? Trying to have make changes in our relationship that really hold. Now, so I want to first speak to those of you who have never tried to even set relationship or maybe even any other goals. So you, you just, you're not a goal setter. Now, one of the first things I do when I, I meet with a new couple is I ask them what their goals are. It's always amazing to me how often people have never really thought about them. For a lot of people, when they think of goals, they think they're just for, you know, businesses or Olympians or or things like that. But the real problem with goals, I think, and why they seem, you know, so hard to set and do is because most people have very little experience with them. You've likely either never been around people who set real goals or have never really set them yourself. And when I say real goals, I mean just that. So it's not a goal when someone says, oh, I really want to lose weight. That's not a goal. That is not a goal. Uh, A goal is I want to lose 10 pounds in three months. That's a goal. (laughs) 
<laughs> and, and whatever those three months are. Today is January 1st. I want to lose 10 pounds by March 1st, something like that. Um, those are goals. So a, a lot of people say state wishes. They think they're stating goals. They're stating wishes. And sadly, you know, I've had a lot of schooling, right? I'm a Jew from New York. That's all we do. We go, we go, we have a lot of school. And I've never once had a class that covers personal goal setting. And although I have psychology degrees and the only time I've ever had a class about any kind of goal setting was in business school when we discussed organizational goals. It's, I think it's kind of sad. This is why you likely don't know much about goals or feel intimidated about making them. You just haven't been taught how or been around people who are good at making or keeping them. And I'm going to teach you all about this today. So, so get ready. And these goals work everywhere. How to set appropriate goals also works, you know, again, if you're trying to lose weight or if you want to get to the gym more, if you're trying to save money or anything, there's a very specific formula for setting goals that actually makes them work. Um, so, but I digress right now. So, so I want to talk first about uh, psychologists Gary Latham and Edwin Locke, and they're these guys are known as the kind of fathers of goal setting theory. And I will link to them in the show notes. Uh, they did some groundbreaking work in you know the late '60s and showed that creating a goal is one of the best and easiest ways to enhance performance while increasing motivation and productivity. So in other words, having a goal actually helps you be motivated. A lot of people think, well, I'm not really motivated. I don't really know what to do. And they therefore don't set any goals. And that's part of the problem. Set the goal first and the motivation really will follow as well as, again, your productivity follows that and your performance gets better. I know, incredible. So goal setting is critical because it what I love is it helps your brain focus. It eliminates so much of that chatter in your head. You know you have it. You know the chatter. And instead of this kind of moving target, you have a clear path to the actions you need to take to create happiness and peace or, or success in whatever you're trying to do or change, you know, like your relationship. So for you know, a lot of you listening right now, you've had issues in your relationship for some time. Maybe you've been miserable and worried that nothing will ever change. Maybe you've just been bored and uneasy in your relationship uh, or just annoyed. Maybe you've been wondering if you should even break up or get a divorce. Whatever your issue, what happens is you end up waffling back and forth about it. One day you feel, you know, it's a Monday and you feel super motivated to work on your relationship. You read a book, you listen to this podcast, you watch a video and you try out some new technique or strategy and you feel hopeful. It's like, okay, I got this. However, your partner doesn't react the way you want or doesn't seem to change quickly enough and you think, oh, this stuff never works or I can't make any changes until they do. I can't change the relationship because my partner won't change anything. And then you give up and you're back to the waffling back and forth. And it's exhausting. It's because you're deciding over and over again and that's what's wearing you out. I've, I've shared this a lot, you know, when I... Uh, get up to work out in the morning, which is a habit now. I don't decide to do it. I just do it. It's not a decision. It's already been made because it's a habit. And this is the problem. You know, when we're having a, a lot of decisions, it's exhausting. If I had to decide every morning about getting up and I had to fight my willpower every single morning, should I set the, you know, should I turn off the alarm? Should I snooze? Should I this? Should I that? Forget it. It's too much. It's too many decisions. Uh, it, so, and let me ask you this. I'll prove my point. 
think about this, which wears you out more? If you took a, a, a long hike in the woods or shopping at Macy's for a couple of hours, let's say you're doing some Christmas shopping at Macy's for two hours or taking a two hour hike in the woods, which would wear you out more? Yeah, the shopping. But why? Why would that wear you out more? It's because all the decisions you have to get made that get made when you're shopping. You have all these things coming at you. You have all these decisions to make. And when you're hiking, you don't really, you know, make a left or a right at the fork kind of thing, right? You're just sort of in it. You get worn down and mentally exhausted when you have tons of decisions. This, this is why I share this a lot. You know, fashion designers all wear the same thing. They wear like a uniform every day. And it's amazing when you think about it. You know, Vera Wang, Michael Kors, Donna Karen, they all wear this kind of uniform every day. Uh, Michael Kors is famous for like a jeans and a blazer and a t-shirt, you know, and, and he, I think he changes his uniform every few years, but it's the same thing he wears over and over. And it's because, and they all say it, they don't want to waste their creative energy or time on deciding what to wear every day. They don't. So they just sort of wear the same thing. And then all that energy goes somewhere else. And it's the same thing in your relationship, believe it or not. All that waffling back and forth, it's killing you. It's wearing you down. You're using that energy for when you should be using it elsewhere. It's the getting your hopes up and deciding to work on things on Monday and then pulling your hair out and contemplating divorce on Tuesday. So it's time to just stick to what you said you were going to do and just make that for a set amount of time so you can stop thinking about it. When you're having a hard time with your partner and you have a relationship goal, you don't have to decide to stay or work on things over and over. You're no longer getting despondent thinking, this is the rest of my life or things will never change. Instead, you're just focused on this next short period of time and what you've outlined in your goal. I'm going to do X until May and that's it. I don't have to decide right now. It's already decided. I'm doing this until May Um, and that's it and you just stick to it. So, and remember, again, that motivation gets increased, the productivity gets increased, right? You, you actually get better at things. That's the good news. So it's, okay, so it's time to, I'm going to shift gears for a minute and I'm going to speak to those of you who have set goals before, but think that you failed. So you've set some relationship goals or maybe even other goals in your life. And, but these relationship goals, you've set them before you're like, Oh, we're going to work on X or we're going to do Z or whatever. And to you, these, these, uh, have failed. This next little piece will also be good for those of you who have never set goals before, because this will help you do it right the first time. So this is really now for everybody, but I'm, I'm bringing in the folks that have set goals and feels like feel like they failed. Because now I'm going to talk about the six main mistakes I see people making when they're setting relationship goals. You know, avoid these pitfalls and you'll see some success. So there's six main mistakes. No, the mistake number one, and this is the biggie and it's going to sound crazy, but what's new with me is the mistake number one you've been making is that you've been making relationship goals together. Yeah, you, yes, you heard me right. Do not create relationship goals as a couple. Last I checked, you should be two separate people, not joined at the hip. Each of you has his or her own responsibility in the relationship. One of the main problems couples have is trying to control or keeping score with one another. So having your own goals and working on how you can improve the relationship keeps the focus on what you're doing instead of what your partner is or is not doing. This is putting things in the right perspective. This is also how you can avoid the pitfall 
of thinking that the only way you can change a relationship is if your partner changes also. That is a fallacy. That is not true. If you, if you want more of that, you can get my book, Be Happily Married, even if your partner won't do a thing. But I'm telling you right now, you can just hear it from me now, that it's not true. You can change your part, your relationship, whether or not your partner changes. So set your own goals, stick to them, and you'll see things change. Again, even if your partner won't do a thing, you, you will. All right, that's mistake number one, is making relationship goals together. Mistake number two people make when they're setting relationship goals is they don't commit first. Yeah, I know. Again, I said it. So sometimes couples come to me and they say, okay, we're going to see how therapy and setting these goals goes, and then we'll decide if we're staying together. You know, we'll see how this goes, and then we can make a decision. And I tell them right then and there, that's not going to work. The commitment needs to come first. When you have one foot in and one foot out, you're not going to achieve your goals. It's not going to happen. So think about it. I've used this analogy a million times, but it's the truth. If you were at your job with one foot in and one foot out, wouldn't you people pick up on this? Don't you think people would know? Wouldn't you be acting a certain way and viewing things differently than if you're completely committed? Would you expect raises or promotions with this kind of attitude and focus? You know, your romantic relationship is no different. You've got to be fully in. So once again, if you're looking to your partner to commit so that you'll commit, you're in trouble. If you're waiting on them, you know, everyone, I call this relationship gridlock where everybody's waiting for everybody else to move their car, so to speak. You need to do it for you. You You set it up. You put in your 100%. This is all about you and not focusing on what your partner is or isn't putting in. If you want to see commitment, you got to act that way first. I I say this all the time. If you want to see more love in your relationship, be loving. If you want to see more patience, be patient. Well, if you're looking for commitment, commit. You you commit. Don't be looking to them. You do it. Now, (laughs) I don't usually do this, but I really want to share one of my favorite quotes here because it's it's kind of perfect and it'll be in the show notes. So you can, uh, if you're listening to this and want to take it down later, it'll be there. Um, it's, it's a quote from uh, W.N. Murray from the Scottish Himalayan expedition. And it's a, it's a famous quote, although sometimes it's taken out of context. It's, it's taken with little pieces of it, but it, it goes like this. And I, I think of this anytime my motivation gets wobbly. Uh, I remember this. So it, the quote is, until one is committed, there is hesitancy. The chance to draw back, always ineffectiveness. Concerning all acts of initiative and creation, there is one elementary truth, the ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans. The moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves too. All sorts of things occur to help one that would otherwise never have occurred. A whole stream of events issues from the decision, raising in one's favor all manner of unforeseen incidents and meetings in material assistance, which no man could have dreamed would have come his way. Really saying, right, that when you commit and do that, the the universe, whatever, the big picture moves too, and all sorts of things are presented to you that you wouldn't have noticed otherwise. So make the commitment. And this is what, because this is exactly what happens when you create a goal. You've made a commitment for whatever length of time your goal is set, and opportunities begin to present themselves. They're, you know, things, people, events you likely wouldn't have noticed otherwise. To me, it's sort of magical, and it always happens. It always happens. Things Things show up. Okay. 
So let's get to mistake number three that people make when they're setting relationship goals that you want to avoid. And this is a biggie. Uh, They make goals that are dependent on their partner. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So you can't make a goal that's dependent on your partner. The goal can't hinge on another person acting a certain way. It has to be something that is completely within your power to control. If you have a goal that your partner treats you with respect, that's not something you can achieve. So it's not your goal. If respect is something very important to you, you need to ask yourself what you need to do to create that. So uh, maybe the goal would be, I'll build a respectful atmosphere in in our relationship. Okay. I'll build this respectful atmosphere in our relationship. You then have to create action steps in line with that goal. So things like um, if you want a respectful atmosphere, you could say, every day I'll ask my partner questions about their day and I'll listen attentively. Uh, I'll make sure I'm the biggest yes and support in my partner's life. Every day I'll make sure I really listen to my partner and support what they want to achieve. Uh, I'll start picking up after myself daily. That'll create an atmosphere of respect. Every night I'll ask my partner if they felt respected today or not. I'll ask for one thing I can do to improve so that they can feel that way in the relationship. So these are all action steps to create that respectful relationship. I, I, I'm, I'm assuming you're picking up what I'm laying down here. Okay. I know it's hard not to focus on what our partners are doing or not doing or not want to control them or not want them to act differently. I know it's really hard for me, but we've got to remember, I say it over and over, you cannot control what someone else does. I know. I know. We all know I hated learning this too. We all know. (laughs) We also know it doesn't mean I don't try to control others sometimes. I just know it's wrong now. Uh, So I, I, I really do try not to, but you can only control you and what you do. And just keep that in mind. So make sure your goal is completely dependent on you. All right. Mistake number four that people make when they're setting relationship goals is the goal is stated in the negative. You need to state each goal for your relationship in a positive language and not negative language. So in other words, you have to say what you do want, not what you don't want. Okay. Okay. Do you got that? It's not a goal. I say this all the time. It's not a goal for your partner to nag you less. I hear it all the time. I'll ask couples and they come in and say, what's what's the goal? I don't want him or her to nag me so much. (laughs) That's not a goal. 
First of all, it violates mistake number three. It depends on your partner acting a certain way, so you can't have that. But it's also unattainable. What the hell does nagging less even look like? I, I don't know. Does this mean I can still nag you, just not as much as before? How how would you know if I was nagging you less? What what is there a baseline? Do I have to ring a bell every time I nag? And less bells equals less nagging? How how would I know if I was doing less of it? And how would you know if I was doing less of it? So instead, you, you got to think about what less nagging would give you. What are you really looking for? You're not looking for less nagging. You're looking for more of something else. What is that? A more peaceful home? A more loving relationship? These are the goals. These are the things. Uh, peaceful um, We have speaking to each other. I don't know. Uh, respect. Maybe that respectful relationship again. Whatever. you got to think about what you do want again and then go from there and make sure that your action steps are in line with that, with you doing them. Okay, mistake number five, and uh, this, this we're getting near the end here, but mistake number five, and this is a really great one, uh, really important, is that you don't get clear on the why. So in general, people think their thoughts drive them, but but that's, at the end of the day, that's not it. It's your feelings that drive you. Now, your thoughts create your feelings, don't get me wrong, but this is why so you know it's a good idea to lose weight and you could have all the stats in the world telling you what to eat and how much to exercise, but you don't do it. It's not because you're stupid. You're not stupid. It's because you're driven by your feelings about losing weight. So I don't want to wake up early and you know go to the gym. I need my sleep. I'll miss out on all the yummy foods I love. Oh, I'll be miserable at family meals while everyone else is eating something good and I'm not. You know, again, these are beliefs you have. These are thoughts you have, but they drive these feelings that are really driving what, what you're doing and not doing. In this case, not going on a diet. Well, not dealing with your relationship is the same. So you've got to get clear on why you want to achieve a certain relationship goal. To do that, you want to answer these four questions. Again, these will be in the show notes, but you want to answer these four questions. What feelings are motivating you? How will you feel when this goal is accomplished or maybe even while you're doing it? How will it affect your life when it's complete and why is it important? So if you think about that respectful, let's talk about that. So I'm not going to get nagged as much, right? So what I want is a is a more loving relationship, a more, I don't know, respectful relationship. So when I think about how I'll feel, oh, if I was in a home with a with respect where we were laughing, we were at ease with each other, um, they, my partner is reacting well to things I say. They're assuming the best of me. They're having a generous interpretation of what I'm saying. They're being generous, thoughtful, kind. How would I feel day to day? How would it feel to go to work? How would I feel as I uh, go to sleep at night? How would it feel when we sit down to meals? How would it feel, you know, right? You start to get in touch with that. That's what keeps you motivated and going. That's what keeps you in the in the know. That that's what keeps you in 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 the fight. So, writing down these answers to those four questions is just as critical, I would say, or if sometimes more critical, than writing down the goal itself. 
You need to identify what motivates you and see that in your mind's eye over and over. Picture yourself at a dinner laughing together and it's so easy and it's fun. And imagine having dinner where you just didn't even want to leave the table because you're having such a good time. It's so enjoyable. The food is delicious. Everyone's getting along. There's great conversation. You feel totally relaxed. Uh, That's a different thing, right? Than maybe how your dinners are right now. Um, put yourself in this feeling state of how it's going to feel when your goal is accomplished or, or again, or while you're doing it again and again, do it over and over. And especially when your partner is acting like a butthead and you're feeling your motivation wane, this is what you do. (laughs) Picture yourself in that, whatever that is and feel yourself with your goal accomplished and you'll find your motivation coming back. It's incredible. It's, it's a, it's a really amazing tool and it works incredibly well. Okay. And finally, my mistake number six that people make when they're setting uh, relationship goals is not scheduling. So I have worked with people, lots of people write out their goals and even note all the critical action steps that they need to take, but then they make the mistake of not scheduling those action steps. For Now, there's a f- specific formula for making achievable goals that stick. And if you go to my show notes, I will give you my free making goals that stick checklist, which takes you through, I can't, I'm not going to do that in today's broadcast. It's too kind of tedious, but there's an actual way to make goals that actually stick. I took this, it was inspired by Jim Rohn, who's an amazing motivational, was an amazing motivational speaker who I love. His books are incredible. And I use his formula. It's, it's, it's so dependable. It works so well. So if you'd like that, I'm so happy happy to share it with you. Just go to my show notes, abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 26 and uh, go down to the resources and links at the bottom of the page and I will have a free giveaway for you. Uh, so, and this works with any kind of goals, by the way, it doesn't just have to be relationship goals. So any other goals you're making, this is the formula to use. So anyway, uh, that'll be there for you. But, uh, What happens though, so when you make a goal, you have your goal and then you have to have action steps, right? To achieve the goal. And again, I'll, I go over that in my little making goals that stick checklist, but, uh, (laughs) you, I I say you, you, the problem is then people have the action steps and they don't do anything with them. They're, they're just sort of out in the ether and I say it all the time. And again, I think I originally got this from Jim Rohn. I know it's not mine. It's, you know, some motivational speaker. I think it was him saying success is scheduled. Success is scheduled. Yes, it is. And if you want to make these goals a reality, you need to schedule as many of the action steps as possible until they become habits and you're just automatically doing them. So I don't have to schedule my workouts, you know, in the morning because I just, I get up in the morning, I go do them. I I don't, it's not anywhere else. But if I, you know, was working out in the middle of the day every day, let's say I was worked out at lunch, I would need that in my schedule somewhere, you know. Again, it's a habit, so I kind of know I'm doing it, but it would be good to have in my schedule. Um, So some of your action steps are harder to schedule, that's for sure. And for these, you just maybe create reminders in your smartphone or, you know, set some sort of an alarm for a certain time every day. So uh, a common, I'm trying to think of an example. So for example, you might have an action step that involves uh, uh, stopping and setting intention before you walk into your house, that you can be more present with your partner and family members. So maybe your goal is be more present with my family members, right, or with my partner. And so one of your action steps is I'm going to set intention every day before I walk in the house so that I'm really present when I walk in the door. How's that sound? Okay. That would be a great goal and action step. Now, 
you don't always know exactly when you'll be home. <laughs> and it's likely you'd forget to check your schedule anyway, right? If you had it in your schedule. So maybe you'd set a reminder on your phone, like every day at five o'clock to remember to be that way or something. Um, I have one resourceful client who reminded me that uh, her phone has the capability of letting you know when you're at or near a, lo- a certain location. So she put the coordinates in for her home address and it's a little geolocator <laughs> on her phone. So whenever she gets near her house, the alert goes off. I thought this was brilliant. Um, and so she was reminded to set intention before she walked in the door in case she was forgetting. It did ultimately become a habit. But in the beginning, when it was harder to remember to do it, uh, and she was distracted, it was a a great little tool to use. So that's a way to, again, it's still kind of getting scheduled in a way. It's just not scheduled like, oh, from 12 to 2, I'm doing X, Y, Z. Instead, you're, again, putting this reminder in your phone to alert you at a certain location. Um, That's still, to me, scheduling in some way. So... Starting with your first goal has you write out your relationship goals. And let's say you only have one relationship goal. That'd be fine too. You review your action steps. You'd see how many action steps you have. So maybe on this, you'd have setting intention and I don't know, making your own appointments and whatever you have. Maybe you even have going to the gym because it makes you uh, calmer and less anxious when you work out. And you would start to put those in to the, your schedule, right? So again, it was like, let's say you're saying going to the gym three times a week because working out evens out your mood and helps you be more patient. Then you would put the gym three times a week directly in your schedule from six, six to seven or whatever, whenever you were going. But you would also need to keep this time sacred. You don't cancel it because the bake sale is happening at the same time. You don't cancel it because you need to bring your kid to the orthodontist. You don't cancel it because of that big project at work. There are always going to be reasons to cancel. You're always going to be busy. I, I want you to schedule a different time for those other things. The orthodontist can happen at a different time. Not your working out. Or better yet, say no more. Just don't do it right now. I get that you still have to bring your kid to the orthodontist, but you get what I'm saying. (laughs) I know you can't always say no to your boss or, you know, pull your kid from baseball, but there are lots of things you can say no to if you look. Um, And you can also get creative with the things you do have to do. So you could ask someone else to bring your kid to volleyball for a month or see if the big if the deadline for the big project at work can be extended, you know, there's, there are ways to, to move things around and I know emergencies will come up. I get it. But if you start moving this like sacred time around, everything will become an emergency. So remember commitment is everything and the universe, your partner, your boss, everyone picks up on that commitment on those signals. So send the right ones out. So don't have excuses. It all comes down to those. Unless you're an indentured servant fearing for your very life, you need to get over the excuses. I've seen people do amazing things. I really have against all odds, all because they were strongly motivated. You know, you've read these stories. You're just thinking somehow they don't apply to you. You're thinking that person was different than you in some way or had different skills or traits than you. Not true. The only thing that person has that you don't is, or that you might not, is a strong motivation. You have, you really do have everything you need to change your relationship. You just need to kind of want it badly enough, which again is why you're writing down your why in the in the last step, right? And writing down your goals and why you want to achieve them, that's that first step to being clear about wanting it badly enough to really being motivated. Um And before we end, I just want to say lastly, you know, don't focus on the end goal all the time. It can distract you and pull attention away from the present moment. 
there are going to be hard moments in this process. There, are, It's going to be tough at different times. There's going to be times when it seems like you'll never reach your goal. Uh, there'll be times when your partner is being such a butthead, such a jerk, you're thinking, or so impatient or so angry or whatever they might be. And there's going to be times you think you'll never reach your goal. So it's in these times when you need to stop focusing on the big goal on, oh my God, we're never going to be okay. He or she is never going to change. He, you know, this relationship is never going to move. Don't go there. Don't go there. So it's in these times you need to stop focusing on that big goal. Instead, stay focused just on the action steps. What's the next right thing to do? We call it, you know, in Buddhism, we call it right action. So stay in the moment and focus on what you can do today, right now, in the moment, in the end, that's all you have. All you have is right now. Who knows what will happen next year, next month, or even later today. Just focus on what you're doing, your thoughts, and how you're feeling right now, and take the next right step and leave the big picture for later. Okay. Woo, that's it for today. <laughs> I hope you got a lot out of hearing how to set relationship goals, why you should set them, what to avoid. And again, you can get my free making goals that stick checklist again with all the little things you need to do to make to really make goals and not wishes. Uh, it's relatively simple, but having a formula is always the way to get things done. You know, it's simple to make a chocolate cake if you have all the ingredients, but if you put them in the wrong order or you don't put in the right amounts, you have a big hot mess. So it's the same thing with goals. So uh, go to my uh, website, abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 26. And you can go to the show notes and get my the link to my free Making Goals That Stick checklist. As always, I want to give a shout out to my book, Be Happily Married. Even if your partner won't do a thing, you can order that on Amazon or uh, on my website. And I thank you as always for being part of the tribe and hanging out with me. I love this time I spend. It's really one of my favorite ways uh, to spend my time each week is uh, doing this podcast. So thanks a lot for being here and I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast at www.abbymedcalf.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.